Whether you're a first-time poultry owner or looking to expand your flock, you can always use some helpful advice. Blaine's Farm and Fleet's got you covered. With great info and products to help raise healthy birds in-store or online at farmandfleet.com forward slash chick days. The Zone. It's Wisconsin's most complete farm show. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Cannot deny it is going to get hot and sticky starting today. Good morning, everybody. Fabulous Farm Babe Pam Youngke bringing you that cutting-edge news. If you've been watching the forecast, you know this is suddenly going from 0 to 60 as far as temperatures are concerned. Today, we'll see a daytime high around 85. Tomorrow, 90 degrees. Saturday, 91. And those 90s are going to persist into the front part of next week. Aaron Zimmerman, our farm assistant, has got an interesting conversation with Dr. B.J. Jones, veterinarian from Darlington, on what producers are doing today as far as investments in keeping their livestock comfortable on these hot summer days. And we're also going to be joined by Cody Costers from EverAg in Chicago for a quick update on markets. We need you and your rain gauge. It's time for the Rural Mutual Rainfall Report, and we need you to text your rainfall reports to 877-301-FARM. That's 877-301-3276. Be sure and include your name and where you're reporting from, because every month we'll pick a winner that will get a digital weather station, courtesy of the Midwest Farm Report and Rural Mutual Insurance. Premiums paid here, stay here to keep Wisconsin strong. It's summertime in Wisconsin, and it sure feels like it this week. Bob Bosel at the northern end of the world's longest barn. And one of the stories you hear, whether it's in agriculture or other industries, how do we get summertime workers? Workers are one thing. Apprentices who really want to focus on an industry are something else. And Pam... There are some agencies out there that have some help to bring in apprentices, right? Yeah, you bet, Bob. Fabulous Farm Bay Pam Yankee, the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. And I think since the pandemic, when we saw really our workforce change in a lot of ways, people decided they weren't coming in for concerns over their health. Now we're trying to get things back online and we need people to mobilize quickly. That's where an apprenticeship can actually enter into the picture. Uh, it is hands-on learning, quite honestly. I talked about it with Josh Johnson. He is the state director of the Wisconsin Apprenticeship System through the Department of Workforce Development. Now, apprenticeships have been around for a long, long time, especially if you look at some of our trades, uh, electrical, construction, things like that. Agriculture is also getting some attention from the Department of Workforce Development for potential apprenticeships. Josh tells me some have already started, but they're looking forward to creating more opportunities to earn and learn. Fantastic. Well, Pam, I love the fact that you call it earn and learn because that's exactly what an apprenticeship is. So there's two aspects to an apprenticeship, a registered apprenticeship, and that is the earn. It's on-the-job training. So 90% of the apprenticeship program is spent on the job, learning with your hands. Uh, And that's the part of the earn. The learn, the actual learn part is the 10% you spend in a classroom getting the theoretical instruction. So you learn in the classroom kind of what to do and how to do it. And then you go out to your employer and you implement those things that you learned on the job in that 90% of that time. And what we're looking at is, the idea of, you brought up the fact that not only in agriculture, but across the board, apprenticeship has taken on a life of its own, and we're really excited about it. Uh, we trained in four areas. I call them the core four. 
uh, for registered apprenticeship for a very long time, and that's construction, manufacturing, utility, and service. Well, now I'm really excited to add the innovative six, as I call them. I, I haven't found out a really cool way to talk about them, like like a cool title. So I just call them the innovative six, uh, and that's IT, healthcare, ag, transportation, finance, and biotech. So now registered apprenticeship is in 10 different sectors across the state. And what that does is that also helps with our youth apprenticeship side, which there are 11 career clusters that lead into these 10 sectors. So we're really excited about the growth and where we see apprenticeship going. The ag, just because we're talking a little bit about ag, we started the Organic Vegetable Farm Manager Program back in 2018 uh, here in Wisconsin. And we've had five apprentices, I believe, go through that. What was really interesting is, as we talked about ag, you know, the, the, the first iteration of ag was like farming. And what I'm starting to learn now is ag plays such a big part in business in the state of Wisconsin that there's so much more that we can start to look at and how we can, how we can grow the agriculture sector. Uh, I was telling you, Pam, you know, I, I saw I was introduced to my first flex farm uh, a couple weeks ago, and it absolutely blew my mind away to understand that this is urban agriculture and some of the things that are going on uh, across the state and how agriculture plays a part in hospitality, how it plays a part in entrepreneurship, and so many other areas that we never thought about. But also the other focus is looking at, as you said in your opening, you know, looking at those those partners who are working with the farmers. When we talk about the construction, uh, when we talk about the folks in the occupations that help provide the support to the farms across the state as a part of agribusiness. We're constantly looking how we can grow those programs as well and create pipelines and avenues into those programs. Well, and that's part of the reason why we're talking with Josh. If you're just joining us, this is Josh Johnson. He's the state director of the Wisconsin Apprenticeship System through the Department of Workforce Development. We kind of want to work on connecting a lot of those areas of agribusiness that may be in need with you, Josh, to potentially get more apprenticeships developed. Tell us tell us about that process. How lengthy is it? How much time is it going to require from my business? Maybe help coach them along if it's an area where there could be some interest. Uh, fantastic question, Pam. So I'm going to start it with uh, nationally, uh, there was some concern about the process of becoming a registered apprenticeship sponsor. And that was on a national level. I'm proud to say that in Wisconsin, uh, we don't have that issue. Here in Wisconsin, I have, I, I always have to remember, because I keep expanding my staff, I have 13 dedicated apprenticeship training representatives across the state of Wisconsin, and then four additional apprenticeship outreach representatives, so 17 in total, who operate and they help build registered apprenticeship programs across the state. I always tell people, and I, I worked in the field as an apprenticeship training representative uh, for a year and a half, and I always told employers when I went to meet with them, hey, we can get this program built as fast as you want. You want it built in two weeks? We can get it done. If you want to take a year, we can get it done. We do not become the barrier, and that's under my leadership and under Karen's leadership as well. We made sure that we did not become a barrier to responding to industry's needs. We found that responding to industry's needs helps us build those apprenticeship programs in the other areas, especially when we start to go into those innovative six sectors, right? Sectors that have are traditionally or they have not practiced the apprenticeship uh, uh, process traditionally. 
So your steps are, if you're an employer listening right now, you can visit our website, wisconsinapprenticeship.org, and you can look and find the apprenticeship training representative that covers your county. And then it's just outreach to them and express your interest. Hey, I'm interested in, in discussing registered apprenticeship, or I'm interested in discussing how I can get connected to youth apprenticeships so they can become registered apprentices when they graduate high school. It starts there with just a conversation. From that point forward, that apprenticeship training representative is tasked with working hand-in-hand with the employer to get the program built up and running. As I said, we can do it as fast or as slow as the employer needs. Now, we had been talking a little bit also about grants that might be available. Maybe give us a background, Josh. Is there any financial help out there to help get these things started, or is it kind of uh, the onus on the business that wants to look at it? So there are some grants right now. There are some uh, USDOL Federal Apprenticeship Expansion Grants. So I'll just talk real briefly about them. So one grant that we are under, it's called the ASE, Apprenticeship State Expansion Grant. Wisconsin received $2.8 million, and that grant started July 1, 2019, and it runs until June 30 of 2022. Last year, we we received the SAE 2020 uh, Federal Apprenticeship Expansion Grant. Um, So State Apprenticeship Expansion 2020, we received the most ever in the state of Wisconsin history for grant funds for apprenticeship, we received $9 million. So we're working with just under $12 million right now in grant funds to help expand apprenticeship. A couple areas that I focused on that I think your listeners may be really interested in knowing about. Number one, I've created a position um, through, through, through the guidance of understanding that our, our main customer in registered apprenticeship, on the registered apprenticeship side, is business. We've never had a focus on helping people. And what I mean by people is those individuals who want to find out how to get into apprenticeship. Where are the access points? So we've created a position called the Apprenticeship Navigator. You may have seen the press release that came out recently. I have five apprenticeship navigators across the state. Four of them that are internal, uh, with, that, are, that are part of DWD, um, and then one that's within Department of Corrections. Their role is to help people, no pun intended, help them navigate the apprenticeship system. We want them to be able to see the access points and make them visible. That's really key for our underrepresented populations who have no clue what apprenticeship is or how to access it. So those individuals are there, and they can be reached out. They're also on our website, wisconsinapprenticeship.org, and they can find that information for those navigators, for individuals who may be listening and saying, hey, this sounds great. I want to find out how I can evolve. Those apprenticeship navigators are there to help the individuals who contact them build their apprenticeship portfolio, answer questions, and and help them decide what may be the best apprenticeship they can go into. But then we also look at the employers, and another part of my funding goes towards employers. We want to grow those innovative six areas. Ag happens to be one of those areas. So right now, we have the ability where we're putting out funding, so for every person or every employer that hires an agriculture apprentice, they receive or they are eligible to receive up to a $1,000 on-the-job learning reimbursement. And that reimbursement is for the extraordinary cost of training an apprentice. So we're really excited to continue to try to expand apprenticeship all across the state. And as my famous tagline has become, uh, everywhere across the state, apprenticeship is for everyone. And we look forward to hearing from you.
So we have learned so much about apprenticeships in just a short period of time, and we're going to learn even more about what apprenticeships may be able to offer your business, uh, your career path, uh, your farm for that matter. That's Joshua Johnson. He is the state director of the Wisconsin Apprenticeship System through the Department of Workforce Development. If, as he said, we've wet your whistle just a little bit on trying to explore what an apprenticeship might hold in store for you, for your business, your community, as he said, go to wisconsinapprenticeship.org. From the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, I'm Farm Director Pam Yonke. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Hit your camping season out of the park with Fathead's Country Campers. Fathead's lineup covers the bases with small, lightweight campers that you can pull with your SUV to toy haulers that let you load up the toys and head out into left field. Fathead's Country Campers doesn't play games. You'll get the best price on every camper, every time, with no hidden fees. Check them out just off I-94 in Lake Mills or at countrycampers.com. That's countrycampers.com. Are you ready to get moving again? So am I. I'm Pam Yonke inviting you to join me on another farm tour September 1st through the 10th to the Southwestern National Parks. We'll be visiting the Grand Canyon, Zion Canyon, and Bryce Canyon, and everything in between. You can email me for a brochure, pam at midwestfarmreport.com, or call Holiday Vacations in Eau Claire today, 888-557-1020 for all the information. Who was your hero when you were a kid? Whether it was Joe DiMaggio or Jackie Robinson. Rosa Parks or Sally Ride. Bogart or Brando. You're just the right age to do something important that you can be remembered for. Even if you're in your 50s, 60s, 70s, or beyond, you can register to become an organ and tissue donor. Surprised? You shouldn't be. Today, people of all ages and even with health conditions can sign up to donate the gift of life. And it's so important. Every age, every ethnicity is needed. If we all signed up, imagine the lives we could save. The families we could help. So whether you admire John Wayne or James Dean, Robert Redford or Roberto Clemente, Elvis Presley or Ella Fitzgerald, do something important that could make a real difference and change lives. Get the facts today and register to become an organ donor. Find out how at organdonor.gov or call 1-866-99-DONATE. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Health Resources and Services Administration. Pam is the name. Farm speak is the game. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Yikes, we are speaking heat and humidity, not just starting today, not just through the weekend, but it looks like for quite a little stretch of time. Stu Mocker, Ag Meteorologist, joining us live this morning. I see that my buddy Stan who is uh, up by the Ripon area this morning, just text in. I haven't been by a window, but sunrise comes up a lot earlier at this time of the year. Red sky in morning, and that always uh, goes with sailors take warning. I don't know, Stu, I know the heat's coming, but are are we getting lined up for any severe weather that you can see? There's a very small possibility tonight, Pam, and that's going to be the last we talk about it. You know, that chance of rain late tonight, early on Friday, because otherwise I expect into the weekend, sunny, quiet, hot weather is going to be in store, staying hot right into next week. Another small possibility of some of that rain may start to build in toward Monday or Monday night, 
just doesn't look like a major change. I've seen some guidance this morning indicating at least on into the middle of June that we'll hold on to these above and much above normal temperatures. So it doesn't appear there's a cool break coming our way. Let's just hope eventually that we get some needed rain. Those new crops are going to be screaming here in a real big hurry. So we're going to need some rain. There just doesn't appear to be that great of a possibility. In fact, low pressure is off to our southeast yet today, moving from Illinois into Indiana, and rain is much further off to our south. There's one little band of sprinkly showers in northwest Wisconsin and way up into north-central Minnesota, that's the chance that may finally edge our way tonight with just a bit of a disturbance building in out of the northwest. That very slight chance of a scattered shower or isolated storm, if we're fortunate enough to see it, maybe a tenth of an inch of rain or so, and that's going to be the extent. The very hot, humid air continuing to build in from the west coast then will really expand into the northern plains and the Great Lakes, our area, as we make our way on into Saturday and Sunday well up into the upper 80s and low 90s for daytime highs. Not a great deal of breeze. That brings about all those heat stress issues, not just for the crops, but for us, the livestock especially. Make sure those watering systems are all operating right. Make sure that ventilation system is ready to roll because it's going to become hot and stay pretty sticky and warm right on into next week as well. I'll have forecast details right after this. Farmers understand return on investment. They understand the power and the value of the sun. Cameron Olson, owner of Olson Solar Energy. This is just another opportunity for them to look for that power and that value. It's a business decision. Everything that farmers do and don't do on their land and their with their property is money. <laughs> so one of the things that I heard one farmer say, it's a crop that I am yielding. <laughs> uh, instead of harvesting corn on this little section, he's harvesting sunlight to make electricity. You should reach out to us, and we will come out there for a very specialized, specific quote for you to look at your farm. We can put solar anywhere. We can put it on a barn. We can put it on the ground. We can put it on a hill. (laughs) So we can put it anywhere that makes sense to you and your farm and your situation. And then once we design that, even powering your whole farm, you can harvest enough sunlight to have a $0 energy bill. Go to OlsonSolarEnergy.com to start saving. Go green, save green with Olson Solar Energy. Already green. <laughs> That's uh, going to be the color that dominates, boy, with this kind of heat, Stu. Absolutely. Mostly sunny today, Pam, and warm enough. Let's talk mid-80s. That's almost 10 degrees above normal. With winds only from the west, about 5 to 10, not a good cooling breeze either. Overnight becoming mostly cloudy, that slight chance for a scattered shower or an isolated thunderstorm. Let's hope it produces as we fall back in the mid-60s. The southwest winds about 5 to 10. There may be a morning sprinkle in the east and south, but it'll end quickly. Skies become mostly sunny again Friday. Here's where we do it. We head closer to 90 with the southwest winds at 5 to 15. Sunny, hot on Saturday. Here it is, low 90s, 91, 92, maybe a little warmer at La Crosse. Southwest winds at 5 to 15. Still around 90 with the sun on Sunday, Pam. So a good weekend to make sure you've got lots of ice on hand and somewhere to find a breeze. Yeah, for sure. All right, Stu, sounds good. We'll wish the best of luck to folks that have dairy events this weekend. Up by Westfield, they've got the move and lunch drive through that's going to be happening. And then, of course, our friends in Dodge County, they've got their Dodge County Dairy Brunch. That's going to be on Sunday, so I'm sure they're going to scatter and try to get ready for that. Uh, but still, get out and support those uh, volunteer-driven events, all right? 
We've got more details, as a matter of fact, on any of that at MidwestFarmReport.com. Another uh, item that's happening in Dodge County at uh, the fairgrounds, they are giving you an advance on uh, fair, county fair foods, county fair activities. Dodge County's been trying to do that uh, probably since, I want to say, the beginning of May. And their next uh, county fair free-for-all comes up uh, this weekend. So like I said, please, don't let this hot, sticky weather deter you from enjoying things that we couldn't enjoy last year, right? This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Tom Spitz and David Fink of Settlers Bank. Freedom from fees means more to spend on what matters most. Our fee-free e-checking lets you easily manage your money. Our online and mobile banking with bill pay and person-to-person payments are all free. Freedom is found in the money you keep. Learn more at SettlersWI.com slash OpenMyAccount. Settlers Bank, timely decisions, people you know. Member FDIC, Equal Opportunity Lender. Compeer Financial helped us get into our forever home. They helped me expand more than acreage. And helped our dairy grow for the next generation. At Compeer Financial, we see potential in every plan. Our focus on exceptional client experience is at the heart of everything we do. And our financial team will help make every step easy and convenient. See why our clients trust us to make their goals possible. Compeer Financial ACA is an equal opportunity lender and equal opportunity provider. And MLS number 619731, copyright 2021, all rights reserved. Shopping for that special someone can be hard. You want to make sure that gift is perfect. Jewelry is always a great go-to because it lasts forever. Place to go, Goodman's Jewelers. They have the best prices, something for every budget. They have incredible quality jewelry, one-of-a-kind pieces, diamonds, engagement rings, traditional and modern styles, and you can customize your own. Something for a Badger Packer fan? Goodman's Jewelers has it. A true icon in Madison, the city's oldest full-service jewelry store, is your family. Goodman's Jewelers. You no longer have to hide your hands. Your hands have been taking care of everyone else. Isn't it time that you take care of your hands? A skincare minute with skincare expert Michelle Neeson. Did you know there are several aesthetic treatments that help your hands look brighter, healthier, and more youthful? Treatments such as broadband light and chemical or laser peels help with tone, texture, and getting rid of those stubborn age spots. Skin-type procedures can smooth out wrinkles and fine lines, as well as add new collagen. Dermal filler, like Restylane Lift, is used to improve the volume in the back of the hands. The results are noticed immediately, giving you a fuller, more hydrated appearance. Most treatments can last over a year and are more affordable than you might think. Now you can show off your hands with confidence. Let your natural beauty shine through. Visit us at rejuvenationclinicofsaukprairie.com. Are you one of the 100 million Americans that suffer from chronic pain? Hi, my name is Tim O'Brien, owner of The Healthy Place. I want you to know about a natural alternative called Cura Relief. Inflammation is the root of your pain. Nutrients in Cura Relief like Bospir and BCM Curcumin are two of the most therapeutic anti-inflammatories on the globe. 9 out of 10 people feel a difference in less than 45 minutes, no matter what kind of pain you have. Back pain, muscle pain, joint pain, arthritis. I am on a mission to educate the community on natural alternatives that work. For less than $2 per day, you can stop the pain and the drugs naturally with Cura Relief. 
Come on over to any of our four locations for in-store shopping or curbside pickup. Or stay home and take advantage of our same-day delivery in Dane County. Free shipping, live chat feature on our website, and phone consultations. Stop in or check us out online at findyourhealthyplace.com. The Healthy Place. At Tom's Auto Center, we like to say we're the getter fixed, getter done to get you going, guys. Because we're one of the largest independent auto shops in the area. Tom and Tom of Tom's Auto Center. With 12 bays and a lively group of highly skilled mechanics, we're able to do just that. Tom'sAutoCenter.com. Tom's Auto Center. We're the getter fixed, getter done to get you going, guys. Off Highway 51 in McFarland, a stone's throw from McDonald's. The Madison Police Department and Madison Area Crime Stoppers need your help regarding recent weapons offenses. On Thursday, May 20th at 8.10 p.m., officers were dispatched to the area of Maher Avenue and Linda Vista Road for multiple reports of shots fired. A black Dodge Charger and a silver sedan fled the area after the incident. No damage or injuries were reported. On Friday, May 21st at 8.09 p.m., Officers were dispatched to Belt Street for multiple callers reporting the sound of gunfire. A silver sedan was seen leaving the area. A bullet did enter a nearby home and passed through the living area into the victim's bedroom while the victim was home. Thankfully, they were not injured. If you have any information regarding either of these incidents, please contact the Madison Police Department at 255-2345. If you wish to remain anonymous, please contact Madison Area Crime Stoppers at 266-6014 or on the web at p3tips.com. What is going on with the crew? Was it really just a tough stretch for them and we had to wait it out and to have them gel a little bit? Or is it still you look at this Milwaukee Brewers team who, you know, what, they have seven hits yesterday and they still found a way to win? Is it still a problem with the offense of the Brewers and they're just finding ways to do it because of how good the starting pitching is? Like, what is it with the Brewers right now, in your humble opinion, that got them riding on this five-game winning streak? Well, one, I think it's a little bit of everything, right? When you look at uh, the fact that they have been scoring a little bit more runs over the win streak, they've also... Now, San Diego is a good team, but we're also looking at four out of those five games came against Team under 500 and you have Detroit who's one of the lesser teams in baseball. So uh, they're scoring a little bit more runs. They're playing lesser competition because the the starting pitching is continuing to be good. But what do we know about the Brewers in this upcoming month? We knew that two out of their three toughest months out of the six month season were going to be, April and May. Yeah. They're now entered June, which in my opinion is probably the easiest month they have on the schedule. So so we we as Brewer fans hope to see that they continue to win. I mean, look at their upcoming schedule. They play one more with Detroit tonight. Then you have a four game set against the Arizona Diamondbacks. Diamondbacks are a team well under five hundred. Yeah, they're no bueno. They're they're uh towards the bottom of the NL West. You then have three games in Cincinnati. All right, so let me let me just go through the records here. The Diamondbacks who are upcoming are nineteen and thirty six, last in the NL West. Uh, who's next? The Reds, you said, Rowdy. Yeah, three games set in Cincinnati. They're, the Cincinnati Reds are twenty four and twenty eight. They're second to last in the NL Central. Only the Pirates are worse. Then they come back home after just that short three game uh, road trip to Cincinnati for three against Pittsburgh. <laughs> 
Like I just said, they're worst in the NL Central. The Pittsburgh Pirates are 20 and 33 currently. Then they extend the the homestand to three more games against Cincinnati, which you already went over, losing record. Yep. Then they go on this road trip. Four games at Colorado. Oh my god. The Rockies are 20 and 34. They're second to last in the NL West. They stink. Then extend that to three games in Arizona. Again, the Diamondbacks who are 19 and 36 last in the NL West. Then they finally come home to three more games against Colorado. <laughs> 20 and 34, they stink. Then you have uh, the rest of that homestand is a three-game set with the Chicago Cubs. And the Cubs are good. They're 30 and 23. The Cubs right now are number one, and it pains me to say this, they're first place in the NL Central. And that is June for you. That's June. So it's a bunch of bottom feeders and then the Chicago Scrubs, who the Brewers own the season series right now, right? What are they up on them? 6-3. 6-3. They're up on the Cubs. But yes, so the entire month of June, you play bottom feeders or teams under 500, except for three games against the Chicago Cubs, and you're 6-3 against them this season. And the Cubs are dirty. Has, uh, who the the Cub, who got hit in the head again? Was it Jace, was it Peterson or Robertson? Who got hit in the head? Daniel Robertson. Robertson. Is he, he's, yeah, he's all right now. Cubs, dirty, dirty, dirty. Tiss, 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 But that's, that's, we've got to see a lot of winning. From the Milwaukee Brewers this month. Because if you don't, you're going to be falling behind. Not only are you going to be falling behind uh, whoever is going to be leading the division, whether that be the Cardinals or the Cubs, but you're also even losing more ground in that wild card, which at this point right now, it looks like uh, winning the Central will be uh, will the, be an actual thing. because That's the path? Yeah. It's, it might be harder to make a wild card appearance than it is to win the central if things uh, continue to stay the way they are with the Giants, Padres, and Dodgers all playing really good baseball out west. Yeah, look at the NL West. The Giants are first place right now, 34 and 20. The Padres second, 34 and 21, and the Dodgers are two games behind first place at 32 and 22. The NL West is stacked on top, but then you look at the NL Central. I mean, the Cubs are 30 and 23. The Cardinals are 30 and 24. And then the Brewers are twenty nine and twenty five, and you know don't discount the Reds. They're twenty four and twenty eight, but they're they're you know five and a half games back. But look at the top, the top three: thirty and twenty three, thirty and twenty four, and twenty nine and twenty five. It's uh man, that's a tight race up there. So the Brewers riding a five game winning streak. In fact, the Brewers are eight and two, their last ten, been crushing. Here's what I want to do, Rowdy. I want to talk about the starting pitching staff of the Milwaukee Brewers. Because someone is creeping up in Cy Young candidacy. Jacob DeGrom is number one. Roses are red, violets are blue, and you bet she'll be talking farming with you. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Cody Coster from EverEgg down in Chicago is getting up early with us this morning. He's going to be catching up at about 545 and giving us all the dairy-related news that's influencing our market, so stick around for that. I'm Pam Youngke. Now, from the Countryside Landmark Farm News Desk, here's what's happening on a Thursday. So today, the third day of June. On this day in 1911, a gal named Ellen Corby was born in Racine. Now, many of you will know Ellen Corby as Grandma Esther Walton 
on the Walton's television show. That basically was her career, and uh, she stayed on the job with the Waltons even after suffering a stroke in real life. She passed away at the age of 87. Ellen Corby, born on this date in Racine, Wisconsin. On this day in 1973, the world's first supersonic airliner crashed. It was in the Soviet Union. Actually, it was a Soviet Union plane that they referred to as Konkordsky. It disintegrated in midair during the 1973 Paris Air Show where 14 people died. Happy birthday to Spanish tennis player Rafael Nadal. It's his birthday today. Also, the little brother of uh, former Cuban leader Fidel Castro, Raul Castro, celebrating his birthday today. He is 90 years old, and he actually just relinquished control of uh, Cuba back in April of this year. Happy anniversary also to Saturday Night Live actress-comedian Tina Fey and her husband Jeff Richmond. They got married on this date, 2001. So there's a couple conversation tidbits for you this morning. Well, I think given the weather forecast that we're looking at for the state of Wisconsin starting today and running well into next week, we are going to be experiencing above average temperatures and a whole lot of humidity. And you know what? When this kind of weather moves in, it doesn't matter if you've got dogs or cats you're responsible for or a thousand pound dairy cows. You have to get your A game on when it comes to taking care of those animals. Fellow farm broadcaster Aaron Zimmerman, uh, part of our team, joins us this morning with an update on what one of our Wisconsin veterinarians has for suggestions on keeping your cattle safe and comfortable with all this heat. As we get into the warmer summer months, heat stress on livestock becomes more of a concern for livestock producers. Dr. B.J. Jones, livestock veterinarian in Darlington, Wisconsin, discusses some of the things we can do to prevent heat stress on our livestock. Right. So, like in our dairy barns, the free stalls, a lot of our barns will have fans installed over the free stalls. Some of the newer barns are going to positive pressure type ventilation systems, uh, tunnel ventilations or cross vents. Um, The other thing I think that is the most cheap and affordable thing you can do for those cows is a fence line watering system where it'll, it'll actually soak the cows over their backs in an intermittent basis. And then these things are set on thermostats. So we, we know cows actually prefer temperatures of 40 to 60 degrees. Um, when it gets to be the 70s and the 80s, they're, they're experiencing significant heat stress. So the cooler we can keep them, the better. Um, we've also had some guys starting to put some of these systems even in, not only in our lactating barns, but in our dry cow barns as well. On the beef side, you know, actually having cows have access to good, plenty clean uh, water at all times. But the other things that we've been seeing, uh, there's some new minerals on the market. that have some products in them that are supposed to help the cows with heat stress. Um, and it causes vasodilation of their blood vessels, which helps them get rid of excess heat and helps their internal body temperature stay a little bit cooler. The other thing you can do for those cows is if they have shaded areas under trees or shade cloths, uh, would help as well. So one thing to keep in mind, I guess, is when we talk about heat stress is this cutting into people's bottom lines and really affecting the animals overall. Things like weight gain and staying bred, uh, those kind of things, I guess, are affected when animals are under this stress. Can you touch on that a little bit and give us some more information on that side of things? Sure. We know when uh, temperatures increase, 
we'll see more what we call early embryonic death, meaning the cow gets pregnant. You know, usually via ultrasound, you can tell if they're pregnant around 30 days. But you may go back at a second check at 60 days or 90 days of gestation and find that the embryo has died in utero, in the uterus of the cow, because of the high internal body temperatures that can cause some of that. And that will really affect, you know, your bottom line, um, losing pregnancies like that. Uh, as it gets hotter, cows are going to do things like pant and breathe harder. They're using more energy to try and stay cool, um, and that's going to reduce your your rate of gain as well as your feed efficiency as well. So anything you can do to prevent heat stress in your livestock will not only help your bottom line, but the comfort of the animals as well. That was Dr. B.J. Jones, Livestock Vet of Darlington, Wisconsin, with some advice on how to manage heat stress. For the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Aaron Zimmerman. I am thrilled to tell you that we're headed back out on another farm tour. I'm Pam Yankee inviting you to come along on our America's Southwestern National Parks Tour. September 1st through the 10th, we'll explore the Red Rocks of Arches, experience the immense sweeping vistas of the southern rim of the Grand Canyon, dramatic scenery of Zion, and towering spires of Bryce Canyon. All you need to do is send me an email for a brochure, pam at midwestfarmreport.com. Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Rural Mutual Insurance is a proud sponsor of the Wisconsin State Fair. As a thank you for your support, they're giving away State Fair tickets. Visit RuralMutual.com slash win and enter to win State Fair tickets. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. It figures with temperatures that are going to be in the upper 80s, low 90s from now through the front part of next week. A lot of our Wisconsin farms are uh, challenged to try to keep moving forward when it comes to first crop hay. Richard Halapka is the Clark County Crops and Soils agent. He's kind of keeping an eye on what's happening as far as price and as far as quality. And he says so far, first crop this year looks very good. You know, we're still at about 200 relative feed value, about 25 inches. Most of the fields that I've been in have looked okay as far as yield goes. Uh, the biggest challenge, you know, we're facing is we had some cold weather. Uh, but as I move south here in Clark County in the central part of the state, I'm seeing uh, the hay binds have rolled out here on Monday, Tuesday, and a lot of hay is coming down. And most of that will be going into a bunker or a silo uh, for haylage. Richard Halapka, he's the Clark County Extension Crops and Soils agent. And like I said, he kind of keeps an eye on hay prices year-round in Wisconsin. He's got a couple different reports up on the Clark County Extension website if you want to take a look. One item that he noted in May is that uh, we saw a little spike in the price of our hay in the month of May, some of it with weather-related concerns and a little bit on impulse buying. Like I said, Clark County Extension website has the latest hay market information. Speaking of markets, our grain trade is robust again this morning. July corn's up six and a half cents. December corn up six and three quarter cents at five seventy nine and a half. July soybeans are up almost nineteen cents. November beans up sixteen and three quarters at fourteen thirty and a half. July wheat five and three quarter cents higher at six ninety three and a quarter. Barrel cheese on Wednesday was up a penny and a half at one fifty nine. Forty pound block cheese that dropped a half a cent yesterday down to a dollar fifty and a half. The double A butter that 
that gained a penny and a half to close out at a dollar eighty and a half per pound. The July milk settled two cents stronger at seventeen eighty nine a hundredweight. The August milk up three at eighteen thirty four a hundredweight. So what's going on in the dairy markets this morning? Cody Coster from EverAg down in Chicago is going to be joining us live with the latest news details next. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. This looks like a car. Has tires. Headlights, a hood. Windshield wipers. The doors look like car doors. Open like them, too. There's a front seat, back seat, steering wheel. 99.9% of the time, this would be a car. But it's not. This is a bedroom. Anita Washington's for five weeks. There are people like Anita all across Dane County. And because the need is there, so are we. This year, we'll provide Anita and other women, children, and men with nearly 20,000 nights of shelter. Just one part of more than $1.4 million in food, clothing, furniture, and other goods and services we provide. We're St. Vincent de Paul, helping our neighbors in need. You rarely think about it, and it often goes unnoticed until your basement or building floods. A reliable sump pump can be a lifesaver, preventing flooding by detecting water levels and pumping the water back outside, away from your home or business. If your sump pump isn't functioning, contact your friends at Benjamin Plumbing. They can replace your existing sump pump, floats, and check valves. They'll even upgrade your current system to include a battery backup system. The battery makes sure your system continues to work in the event of a power outage. Away from home? Receive pump activation alerts on your smart device. Enjoy peace of mind and improve the value of your property with an upgraded sump pump from Benjamin Plumbing. Hi, Dale Benjamin with Benjamin Plumbing. When we say your plumbing problem is fixed, we mean it. No excuses. I guarantee it. Contact Benjamin Plumbing at BenjaminPlumbing.com. Now you've got a friend in the plumbing business. Benjamin Plumbing. You can hear her clearly, even in a barn full of cows. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Yeah, I'm going to have to keep my volume up for sure over the course of the next couple of days because not just the cows making noise. We're going to have a lot of barn fans going, a lot of uh, sprinkler irrigation, a lot of different things that we're going to kick in gear to try to manage our livestock when it comes to the heat and humidity that is a part of Wisconsin's weather. Let's talk about the weather's influence on what's happening with our markets. Joining us this morning live, Cody Coster. He is with EverAg out of Chicago, a uh, partner with us to keep you up to speed on the news in the marketplace. And really, honestly, Cody, today the news is almost exclusively about weather. Dairy is one of those components that really can uh, feel the impact of this kind of multiple-day almost record highs, and we're not alone. You're kind of keeping an eye on other dairy regions in the weather, huh? Well, yeah, Pam. I talked to a couple guys that, uh, you know, acquaintances out in California yesterday, and over the Memorial Day weekend, they had highs of 110 in some places, and the problem was the lows at night were 75 to 82 degrees, which you and I both know the fans never shut off. So right now, they're talking about losing anywhere from uh, about a pound and a half to two pounds per cow 
and their five-day forecast doesn't really seem to get any better right now. I mean, there, there seems to be no resolve in sight. It's just going to be hot and, and pretty sticky out there, to be honest. You know, that's just one of the elements that West Coast Dairy is facing. The other one that I worry about as a consumer of a lot of California vegetables, fruit, what have you, what are you hearing from folks on the water situation, Cody? I know that's kind of a big thing going forward that everybody is looking at. Um, you know, markets are always on the forefront of people's minds, but right now making a plan for the future is what I've been told for the water situation. Are they going to be able to get water? Will it be the same water allotment that they have been used to the past, you know, five, 10 years? Probably not. So folks are trying to, I don't want to say cut back on crops, but maybe uh, get a different rotation kind of going in in some of these water, uh, I don't know if water deficit is the right word, but we're going to say water deficit type regions right now. So, you know, then if we're going to kind of give up whatever crops we were growing and focus, let's say, just on dairy, then these high commodity prices really kick into play. There's no Wisconsin farmer that's excited about high feed costs that come with these high commodity costs. But generally, we've got ground where we're growing some of our crops. That's not necessarily the model in the West Coast. No, exactly. And I like... You know, like I was mentioning, different folks that I've talked to, maybe instead of growing five different rotations of, of alfalfa because of the weather, they might only have to grow three or four and kind of get due with that. Because the problem is, we all know you can't go without corn. So the corn silage has to be planted. It has to be harvested. That needs as much water and nutrients as it can possibly get. It's where the fifth rotation of alfalfa comes into play, where it's like, hey, can we get away with maybe not bailing number four and number number five cutting? We're going to test it out and see what happens. That's kind of been the general consensus that I have gotten as of late from the folks out west. And that's talking California down to Arizona even. I mean, Arizona is a big place where folks are talking about more people moving, moving to the city, needing more water in those cities, extracting it from the agriculture part of of the world to get it to these people that are moving there right yeah that's a trend that we've been seeing for a while there are other dairy regions that seem to be growing cody we've got to pay attention to their weather trends uh colorado kansas uh texas a big dairy state uh you know we're even seeing more growth in uh places like south dakota and processing wise anything noteworthy that you're hearing from producers there um as far as right now, I think it's just the fact of people trying to get land and make sure they have that secured for the future. I talked to different folks in uh, the Colorado region that says a lot of the you know the aquifers that they have out there will supply them with water and they're going to be good to go for the next foreseeable future. You know, even if their their kids take over the dairy, they should be okay. I think it's now looking at people two to three generations down the line. And what will that look like? Will the farm have to move? Will it have to buy up water rights? I know water rights are kind of a big talking point right now of will those kind of be traded and handled uh, kind of like some of these milk rights are in some of these states, i.e. California, Texas, even Colorado. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Cody Coster along with us, if you're just joining us from the Ever Ag Group, uh, we're focused on dairy this morning. You know, uh, the other thing that I want to kind of keep a pulse on, Cody, 
We're starting to see, if you noticed on Memorial Weekend, a lot more people getting a lot more active, especially obviously here in Wisconsin. Are we noticing any consumption trends or anything happening now that more states are beginning to, quote, open up? Yes, I did notice it on, on Memorial Weekend heading up Friday afternoon is a lot of these states are opening up to more than 75% capacity. Some people have rules that, hey, if you're vaccinated, you're in this area. If you're not vaccinated, you're in this area. You're still allowed in the restaurant to eat. But people want to go out. I mean, people have been stuck inside for more than a year at this point. And different folks that I talk to, and they're not even in the agriculture sector. They tell me they have this stimulus money. They are going to go out. They're going to support the local economy and their local eateries. And they're going to order food. And a lot of these appetizers and food in general has a lot to do with dairy, whether it's cheese, whether it's, it's butter. A lot of dairy is being consumed. And I think at this point, people are just paying money to go out and socialize with other folks. And that means ordering more dairy off of the menu. Have we, do we feel confident uh, that the supply chain's already been replenished? Or are we able to kind of continue to see some of that product move? I think that's kind of a hard one right now to, you know, put a real, uh, you know, put your finger on. It it seems that the supply chain has been replenished. But again, a lot of these restaurants, I've got a a couple owner uh, friends here in Michigan that said they thought they had enough product ordered. Memorial weekend came and went and they ran out of certain products that they had never ran out before. So now it's folks trying to, I guess, uh, look at, kind of the trend of what different people are wanting to eat and trying to order for that. And let's not forget, in about a month, we have the 4th of July. And I think that's going to be even bigger than Memorial Day weekend. People are going to get out. It's going to be beautiful, let's hope, uh, weather-wise. And that could be a lot of burgers and a lot of brats on the grill, which means different cheeses uh, coming from the grocery store chain also. You know, I'm, I know it's a little ways off. <laughs> Most of the kids are right now just getting ready to celebrate or celebrating being done with school. But you do have to start to think what the fall term might look like if we get back to the in-class, face-to-face experience for kids and what that means to institutional buying, Cody. Oh, absolutely. If everything is going to be back full swing, people in class, I think it's going to be a lot more milk that's going to be bought uh, for physical breakfast and lunches. And obviously a lot more of this cheese product because maybe you don't have had so many kids staying at home with mom and dad and and doing the online learning. If everything is full go, that should take a big part of the dairy needs and bring it back to the school physically. Well, we'll keep our fingers crossed. Cody, I appreciate it. We're out of time this morning, but always good to talk to you. Cody Coster is along with us from EverAg. Now, remember, if you want to find them, go to their website, everag.com. We'll get you connected with those folks. And like Cody said, right now, it's all about the weather. Stay cool.